If you or anyone around you are affected by the subjects of today's podcast, you can reach out to get help, advice or support from our charity partners, Women's Aid, at womensaid.org.uk or the Yorkshire-based organisation, IDAS, at idas.org.uk. You can also find these links and reach out to us directly via our website, takebackthebeat.co.uk or email us at takebackthebeat.co.uk tour at gmail.com that's take back the beat tour at gmail.com hello hello how are you i'm okay you okay yeah this is voice notes that was very (gasps) off brand for us because i know that was a quite a bit slower yeah it was a lot slower Um, yeah we're very excited we've got a really really exciting guest on today so we're kind of like let's just get a guest Mm -hmm. done very excited incredible inspirational woman um, yes like many of our guests but yeah she's got a a great great story to tell um and the work that she's doing now for for women so yeah yeah well before we get to her just a really quick one but on a scale of one to a whole jar of biscoff how have you doing this week? I'm good. That's good. Yeah. Great. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't even think I've had the Biscoff out again. Ooh. No wonder they're not sponsoring us. We don't need them anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, we never, ever eat them anymore. They hate us. Yeah, no, I've had a good week because I um, got to see Green Day. Which you was did. being yes. on my bucket list. I don't want to talk too much about it because I will sob. Uh, yes. The videos of me sobbing will come. I didn't mean to yes. sob. But um, it's it's something that my dad and myself um, have had on our bucket list since I was fifteen, oh, um, wow. and they've never been. Love that. Yeah, they they weren't on tour for a long time, and then when they were on tour, they were in America, and then when they announced their UK tour, we bought tickets, and the world ended for eighteen months. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> It it was a ve- we 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 waited then got the tickets and then we had to wait another two years so Fuck it was me. extra special um, and we went all the way to Glasgow, uh, Glasgow we stayed over and it was just me and him and we rocked out bought all the merch love that. Um, drank lots of beer and completely rocked out um, and cried I just cried all day basically because I was love very that. emotional. Uh, and yeah, it was incredible. It was, we got in the car the next day to drive home and we were like, so what now? We <laughs> what like, do we look forward we to We were next? like, what, what, yeah, what's on our bucket list now? Um, and do you know what my dad said? Go on. He said, because um, I was like, oh, I'd like to go to Glastonbury, but I was like, there's no big musical things that I'm like, got on my bucket list, Yeah, you know, to, for artists to see. I've I've been very lucky to see the artists I've seen. So that was my final one from the bucket list. And um, he was like, right, he said on my bucket list, he was like, uh, I want to see you play at Glastonbury. Oh. He was like, that's, that's now on my, on my bucket list. And, and I was like, like oh, okay. dad. I'll do that. He was you. like, doesn't yes. have to be a mainstay. I was like, okay, chill. The f- you don't okay. need to say that. Just... <laughs> Headlining. It was like, Absolutely. I'm just saying, it could be, you know, anything there. It was like, but that's what I'm going to come to see next. And I was Love like, that. all right, I'm on it. Don't you worry. So, yeah, so I've had a lovely little time. Um, so, yeah, no Biscoff. No Only Biscoff. if I was having like a cake or 
Yeah. I've eaten a lot of shit, let me Pleasure tell you, for the past two days. So, yeah, no. <laughs> Pleasure Biscoff was, yeah. So, yeah, but um, on a scale of one to a whole jar, how are you, my friend? Um... Yeah, no, like no Biscoff apart from on Pleasure Cake. Um, mm-hmm. I've literally had an email about four seconds before we pressed record that says I'm going to be supporting the Hoosiers. Woo! Um, As if you didn't tell me that. Li- Sorry, literally, like, you know, <laughs> you know my face when I was literally like, let us press record. Okay, um, fuck, what does playback mean? Fuck, okay, yeah, great. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm doing Penfest in a few weeks and I've just got an email to say I will be supporting the Hoosiers, direct support. Woohoo! Um, so I'm literally I'm like, I'm not. But woohoo! <laughs> um, I'm like, oh, okay. I need to kind of sort that all out. Ah, you know, when <laughs> they're like, oh, okay. I don't need Biscoff because I'm buzzing, but I'm probably gonna get a job while I sort out my band. You know, oh, that kind of amazing! So, oh, babe, that's, I'm that's so proud really of you. Um, yeah, she's got that little email there, which is quite nice. So Yay. yeah, um, life life is pretty good. I'm gonna go out for a little drink this evening Ooh. with some friends in London town. What and, um, friends? I'm your only friend. How dare um, you? Aaron, mate. Aaron Foster. I don't even know if you listen to this, but... Uh, oh, I'll let, I'll let you off then. We love Aaron. Yeah, Aaron. So I'm very excited to... Oh. I'm going to go and like have like a little grin on of like, I'm celebrating and none of you know that I'm celebrating. So... <laughs> um, but yeah, so... Well, look, cheers to you. Have a shot for me. You. Have a pint of port for me. I'll have a pint of port yeah. for both of us. That'd be lovely. A little inside joke. <laughs> we love a pint of port. Yeah, and Shoreditch bars that give us a pint of port instead of a glass of wine. We you know, asked for a glass fine. of red wine. We received a, small, a pint. Yeah, yeah, a small. Yeah, small we glass received of two pints of port. We were very drunk, we as you can were imagine. Hammered. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> anyway, anyway. So with on. a good all in all, which is even better to yeah. now invite this incredible woman on. So yes, we're going to let Natasha in the room yeah. doing this via Zoom, guys. So here we go. <laughs> Hello. Hi there. We have our incredible guest, Natasha. Hello. Hi, Natasha. Hello. How I are feel you? like I should have done jazz hands then. I feel like I missed <laughs> out on something. So. Never mind. Never mind. We could say that you did jazz hands because unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just do that. Yeah, no, yeah. I totally did jazz hands. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely There's your mental yeah. image for everyone listening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> how are you doing, Natasha? I mean, you have just filled us in on you've got some very poorly children, but how else? How are you doing apart from that? Yeah, apart from that, I'm fine. Had a reaction to a vaccine I had last week from uh, oh, pneumococcal, of which oh. I told my 10-year-old and his friend who stayed over Friday night, and they just said pneumococcal for the next 12 hours. Yeah, and laughed. that's a fun word. <clears throat> <Yeah>. Pneumococcal. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, for God's sake. Um, <laughs> well, Natasha, please, if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about yourself. And I mean, Nat and I are fascinated with everything that you're doing. Obviously, you're an active campaigner and you work alongside Refuge. But mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about yourself and your story and how this all became. Okay, so when I was 17, I met a man who went on to wage war with my body and mind. Oh. Within a matter of weeks, I was isolated from my family. I changed my phone number. I was no longer modelling or selling horses. I basically disappeared off the face of the earth. all under the guise of that he loved me he wanted to protect me he didn't live near my parents I couldn't drive my parents didn't take care of me my friends were trying it on with him my male friends wanted to sleep with me if Mm. I traveled with work then it was dangerous there were dangerous predatory people in the industry I mean yeah we know that's true but irregardless um you know the pressure being put on me was not fair to him you know and there was so many different things and I just completely 
fell under his spell. I was vulnerable. I was impressionable. And the more my friends went, are you sure this is right? He's 14 years older than you. This is all a bit weird. You're building a career. You're trying to. And I just sort of pushed them away and were like, you're trying to ruin my life because he fully got in there. Mm -hmm. The term love bombing wasn't a thing then. So it didn't cross my mind. Yeah. And, you know, time went on and things became normal. You know, the way he became was normal. Was your normal, yeah. And I remember wanting to go out once and him being like, no, why wouldn't you want to stay in with me? People only go out to get laid. And I was like, oh, no, I don't want to do that. And he was like, well, there we go then. And I remember I was going to go meet my mum at the train station. And it was like a five-minute walk from where we lived in West Sussex. And so I'm going to take the Doberman. I'm going to walk to the station. He was like, no, you're not. And I was like, well, yeah, I am. And he was like, no, you're not. And he got his phone and he turned it around and he went, because if you do, I will send this picture to your parents and show them what a little slut you are. Oh my God. And it was an intimate image of me. And it was like what? somebody had thrown a bucket of cold water over me. I was just mm-hmm. like, holy shit, you know. Mm-hmm. And I just remember going, okay, you know, and needless to say, I didn't go. Yeah. And things like that became the norm. But the most dangerous thing about the eight years I ended up spending there was that actually people using the term domestic violence and because he wasn't punching me in the face like you see in a soap yeah I didn't feel like I had the right to claim I was being abused yeah then I fell pregnant on the pill and I remember being eight weeks pregnant and cupping my stomach and being like um we can do this you know we can do it on our own if we need to blah 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 so something must have gone on and yet it took me until she was almost six to be able to leave wow yeah. So, what, you know, that's like six and a half years. What yeah. was he like with your daughter? I mean, through my pregnancy, he routinely starved me. Um, he what? withheld water. He had me sit in a van, drive up and down the country, like from um, like West Sussex up to Aberdeen Airport and back again. Um, and I wasn't allowed to sleep in the van. <clears throat> so if I started to go to sleep, he would wake me up or shake me awake or deliberately swerve the van smack my head off the the window um I wouldn't be allowed to take like a blanket or a pillow to get comfortable I remember being pregnant and laying on top of a bomb casing a big munitions casing that he'd moved for um a big basically a a big military company down in um Portsmouth BAE systems and he'd taken it up to I'm going to say Ross Scythe maybe and he was in the transit connect and he made me lay on top of this app it was december absolutely freezing cold metal case and try and sleep um he knew i was lactose intolerant so he'd stop at the services and he'd buy himself say a cheeseburger and a milkshake knowing i couldn't eat any um so the day that i fell pregnant he'd quit his job a couple of weeks before and he was doing airport runs and it had got to so he was going from um west sussex up to gatwick up to heathrow and then back again and back again kind of taxiing aircraft parts yeah and um i'd been up all day and all night and it got to about five o'clock in the morning i was like take me fucking home yeah take me home i'm exhausted i was a week overdue he took me home i got up at seven went to the loo wiped and there was blood so first baby he'd cut ties with my mum I panicked I phoned the midwife 
And the midwife was like, sweetheart, don't worry. It's totally normal. It's probably just a show. Um, you know, it's one of those things. Don't worry. The baby's probably coming. Just rest, get yourself some food, blah, blah, blah. She went, unless it's like an egg cup, we're not worried. And I was like, okay. And I stood up, walked to the bedroom, and it was like somebody had just upended a jug oh, and it went up the walls, shit. all over the bed, everything. And I was just like, so I um phoned my mother-in-law who told me I was only having a baby and calm down phoned the midwife again and she was like we're sending a hospital uh, sending a, an ambulance um he wouldn't let me go in an ambulance I had to wait until he was home from his last what? one at Gatwick yeah I had to clean up the mess clean myself up oh my god um Jeez. I told the hospital that it was because I needed to clean myself up that's what it was I didn't want to come into the hospital dirty um we got in the car, went to the hospital. They put me on nil by mouth. They gave me a drip induction, but forgot to give me an epidural or any other pain relief. Ah. Um, the anaesthetist came in after like four or five hours and was like, how's your, how's your back going? And I was like, what? And I moved my legs and he was like, and I was like, yeah, no, dude, seriously. And um, oh Anyway, we got 12 hours in to me being on a drip induction. He'd gone home in this time and told me not to have the baby whilst he was gone, which obviously okay, was yeah, like... Sure. You know, everybody listening. Yeah, you cross your legs, girls. That's all you do. Just cross your legs, mindset, total mindset. You know, like I'm not gonna have the baby now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um so I was just like, right, and he came back and all of a sudden they lost a heartbeat. Oh and I was like and the whole room exploded. There were midwives, there was um a consultant surgeon, there was an anaesthetist, there were and she literally got down between my legs and was like, Look, Natasha, I've got to do a cut and I've got to want who's deliver her. So basically suck her out with a plunger. Fine, go crazy. Oh, do you do you girl? Gosh. Get that baby out. So they got her out. She screamed the second they got her out, which was, you know, turned out she'd wiggled the probe off her head. Should have known oh. then I was gonna have a lifetime of, of <laughs> crap on her, because you know. Um, and yeah, they so put this baby in my arms. I wasn't maternal, never ever wanted kids, had only ever sort of, I remember once one of my mum's friend go, go on, hold the baby, hold the baby. And I was like, if you give me the baby, I'm not going to take it. And she let the baby go and I didn't take it. I mean, she grabbed the baby before the bottom of the floor, but she acted like it was a me problem. I was like, me, I told you I was not touching your sprog. Let us level here. Okay. <laughs> Don't put your little midget in my hands. I do not want it. So anyway, um, they put this baby in my arms and I looked down and I was like, I made that. Yeah. Aww. And his first words were, don't just stare at it, shut it up and walked out. The what? And the what midwife the put her hand on uh, my arm and went, oh, sweet pea, I think it was going to cry. And I was like, no, you fucking wasn't. Yeah, yeah, it was but no up. medical professional there thought so, that it might be yeah. prudent to check. So I went home the following day. He invited all the neighbours over and I'm like, oh, so happy for you and obviously his ex-wife was the worst woman in the world who'd run away with his daughter and not let him see his daughter but now he could see his daughter and it was this whole big thing she was eight when I met her um you know it's ridiculous if I'm honest um you know all this and I was like oh my god she's an awful mother and that not ever thinking that it was a case of manipulation um and he acted like the perfect dad yet behind closed doors he didn't touch her feed her dress her make a feed do anything um he was always sorry he was always in and out of jobs 
um, because he said that I was a slut and he had to keep an eye on me. Um, oh, my God. And then we moved to uh, Horsham, um, also in West Sussex, closer to Gatwick. We moved to Horsham and he started working as a Hermes courier. And um, he would strap my daughter into the car for like six hours a day because I had to go with him. So I wasn't allowed to stay at home. I had to get up. I used to type all the postcodes off of the, the handheld terminal. I had to type them all in individually. So like a 160 when he had two rounds, for example. Oh, Jesus. Then I would have to AA route planner optimize it. Then I printed that off. Then I would go back through that list and write, hand write the numbers next to each of the parcels. Then I would scan all the parcels and stack them in order from this list. And then I'd put them all in the car for him whilst he sat there and drank coffees and got the daughter ready. And then so I'd put my daughter Darcy into the car. Yeah. And then he got out and delivered them because I wasn't allowed to go to doors, but I had to sit there and hold the piece of paper for him. What the fuck? Oh, yeah. Um, then I found out I was pregnant again. And I remember standing at the top of the stairs in the house thinking I could throw myself from top to bottom. Oh, God. Because oh, I was like, I don't know how I can bring another child yeah. into this. I don't know how I can, how can I do this to another yeah. child? My daughter had already become not my daughter, but my best friend. Yeah. I spoke yeah. to her like an adult. I treated her like an adult. You know, it was it, as much as raising her as a daughter. She was like, we had, we saw nobody. We had no friends, no family. And any friends that we did have were like a couple of months things. And then they were gone again. And it was any time he thought he was losing control. And um, it just, yeah, you know, through that pregnancy, he was the same. The day I went in to have my son, I had mucked out a horse, his horse, he'd sold my horse as soon as I found out I was pregnant, but he kept his horse, um, even though he wasn't horsey. Um, mucked out a horse, taken my daughter to preschool for the morning, done a sponsored walk with her around the field, done a weekly shop, Jesus. Um, stacked all the parcels that morning, done all the cleaning that I had to do. And at about half five, I went to him and I said, look, East Surrey Hospital is a good 40, 45 minutes away and my contractions are 50 seconds apart. And he went, are you doing this on purpose? He was like, you know, it's fucking rush hour. I was like, dude, what? the baby's 10 days overdue. Like, needless to say as well that I was given birth alone because he wouldn't let anybody look after our daughter and his mum refused to leave her dog to do it. Oh, so God. I went to, she, her response was, women have been giving birth for thousands of years. You're not special. <laughs> wow. I was like, okay. all right then, bitch yeah that's how it's gonna be so um went to hospital and in came the like campest gay midwife ever and he came in and was literally jazz hands like hey and I was like oh my god I love him I was like I love him and um he came over and and my ex was like he's not touching you and I was like yes he fucking is I'm having a baby get away from me you know because he was a gay man dirty dirty oh wow and I was like fucking grow up like yeah. get a grip I don't care as long as you're a good human I don't care who you are what you look like as long as you don't hurt other people you can come exactly. from anywhere you can have as much money or as little money as you like I do not care but please be a good human you Just, know yeah don't be a dick yeah. yeah don't be a dick as long as you're not my dad raised me going basically you don't judge somebody on where they come from what they sound like what they've got what they look like you judge them on whether or not they're a twat <laughs> I live by that still I mean I also throw in and whether or not they've got good shoes because I'm like I can't you know 
but yeah, that's, that's a whole other story. But um, but also, this guy's going to help you get that bloody baby, so you can do what so, you want. So yeah, I'm yeah. like, get the baby out yeah. with jazz hands, babe. Come yeah. on. So anyway, he leaves with my daughter. My daughter maintains to this day that they drove the 45 minutes home, and my ex made her sleep on the floor next to our bed. What? Why? Which? Which, considering after I left, I found out in court paperwork that he was a convicted sex offender who raped a child under the age of 13 before I met him, and he only got 200 hours community service for it. What? I'm kind of glad. Fuck. But we'll get to that in a bit. Yeah, that was was definitely a bomb I need to... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot. Um, So I'm there. I have the baby in an hour and 25 minutes. Absolutely fantastic. Guy was so calm. He said, I'm going to give you another cut and some stitches down below. Is that okay? I went, yeah, that's fine. He went, baby's out. Everything's fine. Right, let's get you on a ward. So I texted him. I said, your son's here. Family, long-awaited sons, like seven granddaughters that they don't see, apart from my one, because all of the the three sons are abusive. Oh, my God. Oh, it's the long-awaited grandson. You went, great, get your stuff, you're coming home. What? No, I've lost um, quite a lot of blood. And he was like, yeah, who will do the parcels in the morning? I was like, but Darcy's asleep. He was like, I don't care. I'll wake her up. Oh, gosh. So you half one in the morning. stitches, yeah. Jesus. Half one in the morning, he comes into the hospital. The midwife makes me have a bath because the whole way through labour, all I do is moan that I'm dirty and I need to have a wash um because it's just the grubbiest feeling and um yeah. we go the midwife even pushes me in a wheelchair to the car going are you sure you want to do this sweetheart oh, and I'm like gosh. yeah 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 it's fine get in the car go home oh my as gosh. we get in the car the midwife leans forward god bless him and he gives my daughter a kinder egg that he'd bought on his back on his break and he gave Aww. it to her and he was like that's for the best big sister for coming out with me <sighs> The That's first so photo of my daughter with my son is hilarious. She is looking at him like I'm holding a dog turd on my arm. <laughs> she's like, oh, honestly, the future picture, she's all like cuddly. But in that one picture, they, it's like, like half one that? in the morning. She's looking at him. She's like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, you bring so me good. a cabbage patch doll? That is not, it does nothing. I remember it going to me, it doesn't do anything. I was like, well, <laughs> it's a baby. Okay. <laughs> Still doesn't do anything, honey. He's 10. He's, you know, he just doesn't want to. Um, but yeah, I we went home and she'd fallen asleep with a Kinder Egg half eaten and she put her hand on our like oh. 700 quid Alfa Romeo door and he went absolutely mental. Jesus. And we got in the house and he screamed at her from the top of the stairs. Um, we already love the new baby more than you. <gasps> he threw in a couple oh. of C words as well. But um, oh so I settled our three and a half year old. And by this point, he's in bed and the baby's in bed and I'm like, I haven't slept in coming up 24 hours. Yeah. Crawl into bed, lay down. And then he decided it would be a good time to rape me. I've ripped my stitches. And I remember the next day, literally standing, we had a separate toilet to the bathroom. And I literally remember clutching the wall with blood coming out of me like I had a tap on and being like, what the fuck am I going to do? I cannot go to a midwife and say this has happened. What am I going to do? I didn't sit down for like three weeks. Oh, babe. I'm so, so sorry. needless to say, I got through it and it became normalised. I remember in Crown Court, the barrister, the defence barrister going to be, you use the term normalised a lot for a victim. Has it been put in your head? I was like, no, I lived my life like it was normal for eight years, buddy. You good? You're good. Um oh. And I knew I needed to leave. 
and it yeah. got till so my son was born in 2012 um and it got by this point we were married we got married when my daughter was five months old he got his decree absolute from his ex-wife and he booked our wedding the same day uh the first available slot I got married in a seven pound dress that if I breathed in it fell down um because I was so thin and we literally got married and went home again um and you know still at that point I was like I'm not being abused because it's violence and although he pushes me into wardrobes and he chokes me and he kicks me and sometimes he chokes me until I'm unconscious and he wakes me up having sex with me and I can lay there and go please don't touch me get off me I don't even want you near me and he carries on I'm not pushing him off rape is Jack the Ripper down an alleyway but my Jack the Ripper sat across the breakfast table from me and asked me why I had a face on do you know what I mean yeah so it got to 2014 I knew I needed to leave um and I emailed West Sussex um 101 incident room uh saying I needed officers to attend the following Thursday because my mum told me that's when she could come and pick me up I didn't right. realize my mum was being beaten literally beaten senseless on a daily basis what? by her partner not my dad but by her partner oh at that point so I was like okay so they the police turned up and I remember mouthing to this young officer over the shoulder of um the other officer just going I'm not ready and they jumped into action and were just like oh can we separate you can we have a chat and I remember this officer begging me to leave and he was amazing but he never signposted me anywhere so when he left I still felt like I was in the same thing he even attended the following Thursday when I left so I got in the car he went to sign on my ex so I got in the car four police officers attended because he had a history of attacking police got in the car off we went got to my mum's he didn't know where my mum lived because I hadn't spoken to my mum in three and a half years she hadn't even met Thomas which is my son um and within three days my mum's partner had invited him down to stay with us and then they pissed off to the new forest for a week what and so I ended up going back and yeah it was just like and we went back and I remember by this point I had a a Facebook um I'd set up a magazine but I was also uh, like making crafts online yeah um to make more money because he was always quitting his job which he was fine with um and this lady that I knew through Facebook that was my friend who was no threat to him so that was allowed (laughs) I remember texting her and going she lived like up in Norfolk and I was like I've made the worst mistake I've ever made I never should have come back and that was the morning after I went back so that was August it was our wedding anniversary so it was August 15th 2014 and I knew from August 16th that I needed to leave still and it took me until January the 16th 2015. Wow so I have no teeth from here back if you can see oh wow absolutely nothing I had eight teeth removed last year um six in one go and then the two wisdoms individually um because I wasn't allowed to see a dentist because I was a slut who used to giggle with them um I once had an abscess at Christmas I can't recall if it was a Christmas before I left or the Christmas before that but I had an abscess that spread to my jawbone he wouldn't even let me have paracetamol and um I I had to basically drink cold soup through a straw for two weeks until it went down um I think that's probably the closest to insanity I've ever come being in that sort of pain constantly. Um, and I lived like that constantly. It sounds like, um, like a hostage, hostage situation yeah. like that you were yeah. in. Like, I lived a lockdown before lockdown was a thing. Yeah. That's why I understood what women were going through, you know? 
And um, that Christmas, I remember one of the real tipping points was I needed a new pillow. And we lived like a 10 minute walk from Tesco. And I was like, it was Christmas Eve. I'd been called a slut all the way back from the town because men had apparently looked at me. Um, By this point, they had me dressing like a 40 year old woman or a 15 year old girl. There was no in between. And he wouldn't he wouldn't let me go and get this pillow and I was like at a point where I was like why why can't I I want to go to the supermarket and buy a pillow you're being ridiculous I'm going on my own and he called the kids downstairs and he was like kids mummy's running away and all this sort of thing and the kids started crying and I remember anyway I walked away from him and he went you fucking slut or you fucking whore and Darcy at five turned around and went don't you call my mummy that and he went nose to nose with her and screamed in her face that he'd call me what he wanted to and that was the moment where it hit me that if I didn't do something Mm -hmm. my kids were either going to grow up and think that behavior was acceptable or they were going to perpetrate it and I couldn't work out which was worse yeah and so I knew I needed to leave and January 15th I remember um googling signs of domestic abuse because I'd heard the term yeah and I remember looking through and seeing Refuge's website and all the things that yeah. that constituted. And I was like, check, 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 yeah. check you know. And um, I just was like, right. And I phoned the helpline. And yeah. at the time, I didn't know. I remember looking out the window thinking, shit, if he comes back. Because by this point, he was um, delivering, like, courtesy cars for, like, a, a big dealership, a car dealership. So he'd take the car to the MOT person, bring the car for MOT back and vice versa. Yeah. And he used to turn up multiple times a day. I think like 18 was the, the record that he turned up in a day that he'd just drive on the drive, walk in the door and go, how many times you hoovered today? Twice. Do it again. Okay. You know, what you're doing, where you're going. Constantly you just make sure you were there and mm-hmm. doing what you were supposed yeah. to do. And wow. I was like, right. And um, I was phoning them and I was like, oh, oh my god you know I didn't know I felt like they might be like we're going to send a SWAT team I felt like they were going to be like we might like I just didn't know not a literal SWAT team but you know you just didn't know were they going to send loads of police officers was it going to be out of my control I didn't know what to do and you just don't know the woman that answered the phone to me saved my life and I'm not emotional about any of this process but the idea of being able to sit in a room and show that woman my my wedding photos now and my kids my three kids and my farmhouse in the middle of nowhere with my horses and my cats and my dog and all the things that I've achieved yeah. makes me really emotional because yeah. she should know that she saved my life. She doesn't even remember my call, I bet, but I remember, Yeah, you know, yeah. and it was just huge. And she said to me, she didn't say you should leave. She said, what do you think you should do? And she said, did you know you can make an appointment at a police station? Because I wanted a non-molestation order because I was leaving the following week again. and I didn't so I phoned phoned uh, 101 and the lady I spoke to was amazing she said yes you can do you feel in danger now and I played it down I said no no I just you know and I made an appointment for the next day so I morphed into perfect wife and I remember in court the defense barrister being like well you um you said he didn't rape you the night before you left but he raped you two nights before you left bit strange and I went no I slept with him willingly the night that I left to keep everything as normal as I could I'm not going to lie I'm not going to turn around and be like yeah 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 he did it all the time that night I just got on with it because I needed to get out and I needed to survive I mean like the irony it's irony that you're saying like you slept with him willingly 
it's not really willingly. It's not it, willingly, but mean. you know what I mean. But I I'm not saying, going yeah. to. I'm not going to a lady's rape when I, yeah. you know. But the fact that the barrister is just like. Yeah, but it's not, oh, I'll it's get like, to some of the things yeah. the barrister said. I'll get to oh, a few of those. They are gosh. real crackers. Um, so my life could literally be some sort of movie because it sounds so made up, it's ridiculous. Um, so the next day, I don't know if anybody knows Horsham, but it's got a huge park on it and it's sort of the towns on one side and then there are council offices and then on the other side there's this road with like the police, the law courts, a library, fire station, hospital, like that's it on that road. Right. And um, I took my daughter to school, took my son to preschool, went to go to the town, turned around and he was there. Because oh, by shit. this point I was allowed, I was allowed out to take the kids to school and stuff and not be checked on. And I was like, oh. he was like, where are you going? What you got your bag for? Oh, God. And he used to like to pay any miny mo with our bills. So he would just pick which ones we weren't paying that month so he could spend the money on whatever. And I went, oh, well, God. we haven't been... I was like, we haven't been paying the council tax and we're going to get in a lot of trouble, so I've got to go down. And he was like, okay, I'll take you. And I was like, fuck. And he drove me down in this courtesy car and I was like, I don't think I'm supposed to be in here because I don't, I'm insured. And he was like, yeah, don't worry about it. And I'm like, and he's going on about how I'm sleeping with somebody from Greg's because he saw a Greg's cup in the bin at home from when I'd been in the town the last time because he used to like me to go and get my nails done in the um, Asian nail bar so he could go in and talk to all the Asian women who were all like, oh, he's so lovely. And I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. And oh. I was like, oh, my God, there's a fly here. It's so annoying. Sorry. <laughs> um, <I'm> like, Bless you. <laughs> um, but yeah, so... Oh my god, it landed on my face. What was that even about? I'm so sorry. Like, what the fun to this? This is why we need to do these videos because that was yeah. Hilarious. I'm gonna get hairspray. I'm literally gonna get some hairspray. You're just gonna hear in the background. Like, yeah. So, um, so yeah. So I'm thinking shit. I'm like, I'm not sleeping with everybody in Greg's because you know what? They're all women. But whatever. Um. So I get to the council offices and I walk in and he's still in the parking space and I'm like, please don't wait. I'm like, if there is a God, I'm not religious, please don't wait. I'm like, please. Mm. And the woman looked at me and I was like, she's like, hi. And I was like, um, can I sit down a minute, please? And she was like, yeah, of course. And I sat down and he reversed out. Oh. And I just remember standing up, shouting thank you and running for my life. Wow. Now, anyone who knows me knows that I run for only two reasons if something's chasing me or if there are nice shoes on offer <laughs> and there were no shoes in sight this day and I genuinely ran for my life um oh, bless you. and I got to Hurst Road and I realized as soon as I stepped out on that main road there was a 50 50 chance that he was going to drive back to the council offices once he'd mm -hmm. picked up the MOT car yeah or he was going to go straight back he'd either drive past the council offices to look at me or to get back and get another car to come and pick me up, he would drive down Hurst Road. And if he saw me on Hurst Road, there was absolutely no reason for me to be there other than he'd know I was going to the police station. Yeah. I got in the police station and I was like, Breathe. and I hadn't, looking back, I really hadn't thought it through because what was I going to do? I was going for a non-molestation order and then I was going to go home and act normal, was I? Yeah. And the, the officer was talking to me and he was scrolling on the screen, just looking really discomforted, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he was like, Natasha, is there anything else you want to tell me? And it all just came tumbling out. Yeah. Oh, and he just stood up and went, you've taken this out of my hands. I've got to go and get a, a Rasso officer 
um, so rape and serious sexual offences officer mm-hmm. um, and in that time my ex knew something was up and he managed to get a hold of my kids from school oh, preschool oh my god man they lost him oh my god um we were sat there on the phone to control <clears throat> the the rasso was on the phone to control and he was a bit of a blessing lovely but a bit of a chilled wet blanket <laughs> and the original yeah. officer who was with me thank god was actually mates with the officer who was driving around looking for for my ex so he phoned him Wow. And I remember this guy, his name was Ben. And I remember this guy was like, oh, um, look in, I haven't seen him. Wait, I found him. And you just heard the car doors go bing, 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 bing. And I just, I just remember that that was the longest time of my life. It was probably yeah. only about 10, 15 minutes, but. Yeah, of course. Kids. Yeah. yeah. And they took my kids to an almost virtual stranger who turned on me afterwards. Um, Cause she said she didn't know how I could put my children through that day. <sighs> oh my god God. Um, I still have a letter from the lady who runs the Montessori nursery from where I was that said that um she didn't believe she always saw me and my husband together and she didn't believe anything and that no mother would drop her children off and put them through what I put them through that day see people like that are part of the fucking problem absolutely they are Mm. um so (sighs) Right. I hope she's seen the work I've done and I hope mm. she feels thoroughly ashamed of herself. Yeah. Let's yeah. She's, um, she's supposed thing. to, well, she's supposed to safeguard children. So let's hope she's a bit better at it now. Yeah. Um, so, you know, then I went to the, to the Saturn unit at Crawley Hospital, which is where I was basically put on a mortuary st- slab and taken photos of at every single angle by people in plastic gloves. And I remember the biggest show of humanity that day was the nurse going home on her lunch break to get me a charger for my phone because <laughs> right, wow. my phone was going to die and she literally she lived a couple of roads away and she went home and got me a charger so I could charge my phone it was so kind of her and my mum and her partner still didn't know what was going on came and picked me up and on the way back Darcy said mum are we going to go and get the stuff from the car I was like, sweetheart, we don't have a car. Mummy made sure it was repossessed a few months ago. She was like, no, the car, Sullington Mead, which was the road opposite. So we had a double width driveway and he parked, the, he stole a car from work that they didn't know about. And he parked it up a side road and inside it was their passports, changing bag, um, anything he thought of value from the house, like handbags what? or cameras or anything. The company he worked for were exceptional. They literally paid for a locksmith to come out on a Saturday and buckle the door of a brand new Ford Focus. Oh. Literally bent it in half because the guy didn't have the skeleton keys. He bent it in half wow. so he could get his arm in. It was absolutely lovely. I remember him going, oh, I don't think I can do this. And I went to him, look, um, this is the situation. He went, okay, love, I'm going to get in. Come hell or high water. And I was like, thank you. Um, Jesus. Went to my mum's. The second he got out, he withdrew all the money from our bank account. Oh my god. Um I had like two pound thirty to my name. Um I had two kids, two carrier bags. I'd brought two cats and two dogs with me because I knew he'd kick them around the house and perhaps kill them because I used to get between him and his German shepherd before she died when he used to kick her in the ribs around the kitchen. Don't know how many kicks I took for that. 
I was grateful when she died. Does that sound terrible? I was actually genuinely grateful when she passed away in her sleep. I was like, thank fuck, because I, I can't, I, I didn't protect her enough as it is. It's probably the biggest guilt I have apart from towards my kids. That's the biggest oh. guilt I have that that dog lived like that. That's not um, That's like to a point where I, I locked her in the out room with the garden because I didn't want her in the house because if she was out of sight, she was out of mind. So I made sure she had big fluffy beds and that. And she just lived in basically like a little lean-to conservatory thing that you walk through to get to the back garden because that way she was safe and I knew she was okay. Um, I know he dumped my cat twice. First time he went back and got her. Second time he didn't. Um, I know he dumped other dogs. He bought me a puppy, then he sold it. My daughter wasn't allowed in the lounge, neither was my son, because it was messy. So they had to eat and play in the kitchen and watch TV in the kitchen, because that was his space with cream carpets, etc. Um, they weren't allowed on the grass in the garden. They were only allowed on the patio where the dog fouled. Um, what? It was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, oh, my God. He got out and he immediately started stalking me. And then I remember the police saying to me, don't go out on your own. And I was like, sorry? They were like, just don't, please don't go out on your own. He had a restraining order from Portsmouth and stuff like that. And then I realised that my mum's partner was beating the shit out of her. And he started tapping me up for money to buy alcohol. And I was like, no. I was like, do you realise I've sorted benefits and stuff like that? And I, I need to keep my head above water. I've got to build up to even buy. I have nothing to my name. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. And um, it escalated in a massive argument. And I took my mind, I was like, I don't know who you think you are. Um, I left, I went into refuge. Again, two kids, two carrier bags. Um, one of the girls that I'm good friends with now still uh, remembers me walking up the drive, holding a pair of Jimmy Chews in one hand and a <laughs> bottle of coffee syrup in the other hand. And she was like, oh my God. <laughs> um, and it really taught me, we weren't rich or anything like that, but it was stuff I'd managed to hold on to or whatever, you know. Yeah, and um, I just remember being like, all of these women here have all been through such different paths to me, but they're the same as me. Like, we have a bond. Yeah. We have, some yeah. of them have been through horrific things still. Some of them have got clear. Some of them haven't. Some yeah. of them I've lost touch with because I don't think they ever will, but I'm always here for them and I'll always sort whatever problem I can. Yeah. My position's different now than it used to be. So yeah. I will bend over backwards because I'm a voice for all of us, you know? Yeah. I got told I was in refuge for nine months. I was like, no, my son's being eaten alive by bed bugs. It wasn't a refuge run refuge. It was a privately run refuge. And I was yeah. like, my son's being eaten alive by bed bugs. There is no hope in hell that I am staying here nine months. I went yeah. to the council and they were like, as long as you don't get this one woman, you're good. Who did I get? The one woman. So I sat down and I was like, I need your help. And she was like, everyone needs my help. And I was oh, like, wow. okay, I was oh. like, okay, I was like, okay, let me level. If I lived in a house with bed bugs and I did nothing about it, social services would basically check me out for child neglect. And yeah. she was like, okay. I said, if I lived in a house where a woman was threatening to slit her wrists in the hallways every night, causing the police to have to storm the refuge to drag her out and drag the knives off her, I'd be done for neglect if that was my partner or my sister or my mother. And she yeah. was like, yeah, I was like, we have been through hell and I cannot heal my children if I cannot even have my mum over for a cup of tea. Yeah. yeah, I have to build a home. They got me on the housing list. I got housed within five weeks of going into wow. refuge. I had my home within three weeks. 
but they needed to retile and reinstall a boiler in my flat. When I left, Refuge offered me a kettle or a toaster. <laughs> I was like, wow. Uh, didn't occur to me that when you leave Refuge, you leave with nothing. Yeah. I'd been going to Argos, and Argos have an amazing clearance section, literally buying curtains for like £2.50 and bedspreads for £5 and things, literally, you know. And if it wasn't for my friend, who I told that the one that was on um, Facebook, if it wasn't for Lily giving me £500 when she sold her house and moved, oh. I wouldn't have been able to buy my kids' beds. Wow. Oh, bless you. But I remember I moving into my flat and I couldn't put carpets down. So instead, I bought all the clearance rugs that Argos mm-hmm. have. And I remember the manager of um, Argos in Portsmouth giving me the stuff that was going to go in the st- in the skip for other girls in the refuge. Oh, wow. So, like, you know, like if. Uh, if a lampshade gets returned because it has a little mark on it yeah. Or yeah all those really silly things aside from electrical stuff which you obviously couldn't all the stuff that was going to go in the bin or curtains that had been opened but couldn't be repacked and stuff he was just like take it all I remember I actually got a uh, like a, a Vauxhall Vivaro size taxi to take it all back for me and we oh. had to dump it in the middle of the street because obviously the taxi couldn't go to the refuge um and I remember the refuge being livid with me over it they're like it's a fire hazard I was like you've got a massive storage shed out the back they're like it's not for you lot to store things in I was like it's fucking empty wow um, Jesus. yeah they they were not I remember when I ran in and said I've got a house I've got a house I got a, the, the deputy of the house turned around and went you're a fucking liar <gasps> what? and I went I'm sorry oh, she was like you haven't got a house yeah honestly there. honestly I remember when I was going through family court and I was he was saying I was schizophrenic and bipolar and everything and I went to the refuge out of desperation I said can the house manager give me a reference and they were like no we're not getting involved for you and that was the email I had back we're not getting involved for you have you reported any of this yeah 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 absolutely yeah yeah good Jesus. I was like right so I got in my flat and I remember my first night literally didn't have a sofa didn't have a tv didn't have anything sitting on the floor and literally being like I am fucking free oh. oh babe um through the help and kindness of so many different people mm-hmm. people that I'd never even met I'd never met Lily at this point I might add uh, I remember getting something in the post opening it up and it was a tv that they'd literally taken off the wall in their conservatory so my kids could have tv oh. I met a sky bloke in Cascades in Portsmouth and I got chatting to him and he was trying to get me to have sky and I was like dude I can't and I explained and he went do you want my friends and family discount? I've got one left and you can have it for £2.75 for 12 months. Oh. And he gave me that so my kids could have TV. I mean, he also wanted to get in my knickers because he texted me loads afterwards, but um, uh, whatever. Yeah. Um, but even so, you know, there was so That's much kindness. So there, were, there was a lot of kindness from people. Um, and then I was chatting to one of my columnists because I ran the Question magazine at the time. And I was chatting to one of my columnists and I was on a website and we were basically trying to see like who would basically get the most comments. And um, I, this guy had messaged me and he said, hi. And I was like, shit, can they see if you open it? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, oh my God, okay. And I replied to him, we got talking and it turned out that his ex-wife had basically like he'd just managed to get rid of a narcissistic ex-wife and he was just bored at home sort of thing and I went like I'm coming off this app it's killing my battery and I don't know why but because I was so guarded over my phone I gave him my number 
Yeah. And we got chatting every day about what I was going through, what he was going through, because she was pulling some really nasty stunts. And a lot of his friends were like, oh, you know, you may as well just stay with her. And he was like, you don't understand what she's like behind closed doors and stuff. And um, I was going down to see my friend in Devon and he lived uh, in Western Supermare. And he was like, come by for that pizza. I've got a spare room. Come by for that pizza, you know. And I remember going there and he was like, I'm at the station, I'm waiting, I'm, you know, and I was like, okay, awesome. And by this point, I was like, I have the, just the weirdest feeling about this guy. And we discussed it on the phone. We were like, we've never yeah. even met, but it's just weird. And I got off the train and I can literally see it now. I stepped off and it was like a film. Everybody oh. was bustling past and he was just stood on the edge of the platform and he looked like he was going to faint. And he hugged me. And my heart was like, there you are. It was like the weirdest feeling of peace ever. (laughs) And the next day, needless to say, I didn't stay in the spare room, but that's neither here nor there. (laughs) Um, But the next day, I very awkwardly waddled to the train station, um, very tired very happy um and uh I remember my friend's dad going at dinner when I got there he was like why can't you sit on the chair properly and my friend was like because she stayed at a guy's house last <laughs> night and even now her dad rips the shit out of me on Facebook for it he's like can you sit down now have you been married long enough I'm like oh That's my goodness hilarious. honestly it's like oh and um I remember getting on the train and going and being like I've left like an arm behind it was really weird Aww. So the next weekend I went down and saw him again and I met some of his friends and somebody, one of his neighbours basically told his ex-wife that I'd been there and she started making it really difficult for him. And I said to my mum, mum, can I, my mum had left her ex because he beat her up. So she'd fled with my sister. Great. And I said, oh, mum, can you watch the kids again? Because she didn't, I'd help, help to get house. She didn't work or anything. And she was like, no, you'll have to split up with him, won't you? What? I was like, what? And I phoned him in flood to tears and I was like it's over and he was like what do you mean I was like well mum won't watch the kids you're in Somerset I can't come and see you oh. and he was like because his ex had taken the car and he had a car that yeah. was having work done on it but it needed an MOT and um he was like I'll hire a car and come down and he went you have male friends that the kids meet so why can't I just be your male friend I don't understand oh. and so he turned up and Darcy, who was really cautious of men, just jumped on him. I've got this picture of him about 10 seconds after he walked in with my dog this side and <laughs> um, Darcy the other side. And he's like, you know, and my dog used to bark at every man, all my male friends, Nick Brown, to help with anything. He would just yeah. bark, 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 bark. And he didn't bark at Ben. He just jumped up with Ben. And um, so he started coming every week. And we went to Windsor Horse Show because he was supporting my magazine. And I woke up to a message from somebody who worked with me going, John has emailed all your columnists telling them that you're a psycho, that you've stolen all his money, that you're dangerous, that they shouldn't be associated with you, that you're going to get arrested. He's added everybody on Facebook. He's put pictures of you on. He's telling everybody how much he loves you. He followed me on Twitter, then unfollowed me. He texted my mum going, hi, mum, how are you? And she was like, I don't think you should be texting me, do you? And he was like, sorry, wrong mum. He's never called my mum mum, ever. Oh, Um, my God. And the police did nothing. He breached bail so, so, so many times. And then weekend after that, I went out with Ben and the kids to Marwell Zoo. And I came back and I walked into the kitchen 
and my plate just went crashing to the floor and I had a minor stroke on my right side oh my god oh fuck and I lost the use of the right side uh, the right my right hand and the right side of my face for like 10 months jeez and yeah shit got harder <laughs> yeah and Ben went your mum's not in any frame of mind to support you um you've got nothing in Portsmouth I've got nothing in Western Supermare let's move I he used to have a, a job he trained to do a job that was he basically worked for VT and he trained to do a, a TSO engineer and he basically got put as a, an open reach engineer which was mugging him off basically right so he went for a TSO up in the Derby Nottinghamshire Leicestershire patch and he got it which was an eight grand pay rise he took out a 12,000 pound loan he paid off the debts from his wedding he paid the deposit on a four-bedroom new build house and we all moved in together um we kitted the kids bedrooms out with new beds and and new toys and made sure that they were happy and we rebuilt our lives up in Nottingham and we lived there for five years yeah during which time my ex stalked us incessantly uh, he took oh. our registration of our car when we went to family court and then repeatedly reported us for child abuse. Oh, he had a lady on Facebook report us for child abuse and the police actually phoned her when we were with her and were like, you're in Buckinghamshire? And she was like, so? He told me to call. He gave loads of intimate details about me to a woman in Scotland who went on to say that she was going to uh, pour a kettle over my face. Um, Whoa! find my house stab me kill me blah 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 I was five months pregnant at this point Ben told me he never wanted kids and I said well I've got kids there's not much I can do about it and he went my ex has put me off kids for life I can deal with a ready-made family but that's it you know and he jumped straight into being a dad it was hard but he was amazing Mm. and um then he came home one day and he was all like oh um, can we talk once kids went to bed what sort of thing is that to say to a woman never say that never Can yeah, he knows that now. That. So anyway, he sits down, he's all quiet, he won't look at me, and I'm like, what's the matter? And he's like, I think if we don't have a child together, that I'll regret it for the rest of my life. I need to know how you feel. Aww. I never have felt as good or as beautiful as I did when I was pregnant. Aww. Um Aww. and yeah, when very I had experience to the last two. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. when I had Henry, um, Ben was there. Um Henry got stuck he had shoulder dystocia but luckily they got him out in mere seconds so there was no damage and probably one of the most tender memories I have is me showering straight after having him and looking out of the shower to see Ben just holding this little baby and just grinning at me and you know I remember standing like after I got out the shower and getting him into his first little baby grow and us both fumbling at this teeny (laughs) tiny baby and me realizing I'd never done it with someone before and almost teaching Ben how to deal with these things and I remember Henry wasn't even a week old and I woke up and I was like Jesus it's seven o'clock he slept through the night and then I realized a Moses basket was on Ben's side and so Oh. Ben had got up and fed him. Oh, which you completely then, not used to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then when Henry was a month old, Ben proposed to me. Um, oh. I had a jeweler that I absolutely loved, and uh, he sent me this picture of this absolutely gorgeous color change sapphire, blue sapphire. Oh. And he was like, "This is so rare. Look at this." And I was like, 
wow Isaac that's amazing and he was like you can't afford it but I knew you'd appreciate it come up once in a lifetime type thing and I was like oh okay and he went uh, and Ben went pick something from Isaac for your birthday get him to make you a ring for your birthday so I picked a low grade 150 pound sapphire paid Isaac the money for it Isaac carried on and then I was feeling really upset because John was posting shit online and yeah. And I was sat there going, you know, we're here with two kids who sometimes have complete emotional meltdowns for what they've been through. My health yeah, is destroyed yeah. and we, we're suffering, you know. And um, he basically, the postman came and he was really nervous. And I was like, you okay? And he was like, yeah, yeah, no, I'm fine. I'm all right. No, I'm actually all right. I am. And I was like, okay. And he was like, I can cheer you up. And I was like, I doubt it. And he was like, no, 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 I can and he said, Do you, Isaac's parcels come. And I was like, don't ruin my birthday present. Because I've got a weird thing about my birthday as it is. John used to go out of his way to ruin it. He used yeah. to love to do stuff on my birthday. And um, he was like, no, 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 just have a look, just have a look. So in the end, he, he said, have a look. So I got this box and I opened it. And it was it was my Ceylon. <laughs> and I was like, it's my ring. And he went, yeah, try it on. So I went to put it on my middle finger. And I was like, oh, Isaac, you idiot. It's the wrong size. And I looked up and Ben was sobbing and he we're sat on our sofa and Aww. he was sobbing and he was like, I didn't tell you which finger to put it on. Oh, that's so and cute. then he was like, that's will you so marry cute. me? And we cried a lot on the sofa. And you know, <laughs> so many people I knew were vile. They were like, that's the best he could do, your sofa. And what? I was like, oh, nah, shut up. And Ben was like, I wanted to take you to Woolerton Park, which is a house in um, Woolerton Hall in, in Nottingham. And I love yeah. it. And you can go on this mezzanine and see for miles. And he was like, I wanted to take you up there on a private tour. I'd spoken to them and everything. He said, but I knew you would know. It was yeah. like, I would be such a nervous wreck. You would know the second we went. Yeah. He went, so what was the point? Aww. Yeah. So, and it was perfect because we cried and I That's wasn't so self conscious cool. about the people around me. And Darcy yeah. came down and was like, What's wrong? And I was <laughs> like, Nothing's wrong. Ben's asked me to marry him. And she was like, Yay, dad, you know, and gave him a hug. And oh. she used to send him little letters, Ben, can I call you dad? You know, and all that sort oh. of thing. Um, and we were being dragged through family court the whole time. Yeah. And then after three years, we got to trial. Jesus. I was cross examined for an entire court day. Oh my God. During the cross-examination, I had questions such as, you were naked in bed. I was like, are you saying that implies consent? He was like, I'm not here to answer questions, or you're not here to ask questions. And the judge was like, answer her. And he was like, well, no, I'm not implying it. I went, you are implying it, though. Yeah. Um, he turned around and was like, you phoned the National Domestic Abuse Helpline, but didn't mention rape. That's a bit unusual, isn't it? I was like, have you ever been oh raped? You know, the humiliation of being God. raped. I was like, the head of Hampshire police once described being raped as the single most serious crime a person can survive. How dare you? Um, he read out a bunch of really nasty messages. And he said, um, do you agree that they're nasty? Yes. Abusive? Yes. All this sort of thing. Threatening, blah, blah, blah. And he puffed up like a little pigeon and went, then why, Mrs. Saunders, did you send them? And I was like, if you look, you'll see that the defendant sent those messages. Oh. Awkward. Wow. Um, wow. Before that, I'd obviously got married, which was the most beautiful day of my entire life. Good for you. Proud. Except in my pictures, I look like I'm terminally ill because I'm so thin. I'm barely a size four. Oh, jeez. Wow. If I breathe in. Again, it's all on my Instagram. If I breathe in, 
well, you can see every bone on my chest. I'm so thin. I've put on four and a half stone. And I've never felt better. I grew boobs at 30. It was amazing. It took me till 30 to hit puberty. I'm constantly still. I'm now like, see my boobs? Have you seen them? They're great. And I've had three kids. Because I've had my kids first. They haven't gone anywhere. Do you know what I mean? So I'm like, oh, yeah. But, you know, um, I'd got married and stuff. And that had obviously provoked my ex. And then my ex had decided that I was sleeping with Ben in Western Supermare all this time. And... And anyway, I got to the end of it and the prosecution obviously does its redress and they were like, oh, do you want to question her? And they were like, no. And I remember her telling me afterwards, she was like, if your testimony was the only testimony that stood, that would have been enough. And I was like, but it was because I went into that knowing that there was absolutely nothing wrong with me. The amount of women I meet, even when I'm talking at the Metropolitan Police and I've got new officers coming over in tears, sobbing on my shoulder, they are shocked when I go, has anybody ever told you that there is absolutely nothing wrong with you, my love? And they go, what do you mean? Yeah. And I'm like, you're not a rapist. You don't beat women. Good people don't make other people miserable. There was yeah. nothing wrong with you. I had a guy at the last talk I did, he wasn't part of the Met. I think he was there talking in his own right. And he went, can I just ask what, you know, you do for like your, your you know, like uh, self-care? And I was like, buy shoes. Yeah. And he was like, no, I mean, like, you know, to get over talking about this. I was like, have you ever fallen over or stubbed your toe or given birth or got married or passed your driving test? Or And he was like, and I went, they're all the same. This story is a story. It's happened to me. There is absolutely yeah. nothing to be gained by me being heartbroken by what happened to me. As much as what's happened to me is the very low of my life, I have had absolute pinnacles of my life. And I won't be affected by somebody else's actions. I refuse. He stole eight years of my life. That motherfucker is not getting one more minute. I don't hate him. I don't. I pity him. Bless his heart. Bless his little fucking heart. Still going at it. So at the end. Healing as well comes through the work that you do now as well. That, I think that, a lot of my healing really happened cool. before I left. I had such yeah. a long time to come yeah. to terms with what was being done to me yeah. that yeah. by the time I left, it was literally like flicking a switch. Wow. That's um, amazing. Like, I wow. think the hardest part of what I do is people saying, like, thank you. And, and you get yeah. women who come to you and go, you saved my life. I'm like, let me stop you. You saved your life. You just heard me at the right time. Don't ever take away what oh, you wow. did you know because I don't save lives so the person taking that step saves their life yeah um when the verdict came in he was found guilty of three out of four counts of rape and one of sexual assault by penetration he was sentenced um it's interesting actually because I gave evidence on international women's day 2018 so it's yeah. a really special day for me and he was sentenced on may the 4th so there were a lot of may the 4th be with you jokes um <laughs> and he got that. sentenced for 12 years custodial three on license and lifetime on the sex offenders register Wow. Now you would think that that was the end of it, but no, no, no. So um, we continued on. I approached refuge and said, I need to make a change. I owe you my life. Yeah. What can I do? Um, I was in the Avon 60th anniversary brochure. I think I've been Avon woman of worldwide woman of the week (gasps) as well. Somebody told me that the other week and I was like, what? And they were like, yeah, you're woman of the week. And I was like, 
that's cool um i've done the un initiative the peace one day un initiative there's a video that they came to our house and filmed you'll see all our lovely house and our horses and that um i've been on probably every major publication from al jazeera to other countries you know all different other countries um i've been covered in all of our major tabloids and publications um a lot of live tv i changed the law I decided that somebody threatening to share your intimate images is just as violating. Yeah, this as was just last year, being, wasn't it? This, yeah. yeah. Um, and they told me it would take four years. And with the help of my MP up in Rushcliffe, Ruth Edwards, who basically badgered ministers by WhatsApp <laughs> for me, um, <laughs> we did Zoom calls and they helped me change the law. That's um, incredible. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, naked threat campaign. I don't care what anybody says about Vicky Atkins. I don't care what anybody says about Alex Chalk and his resignation yesterday. They listen to me. They remember me. I remember Vicky Atkins thanking me by name in Parliament the day we got royal assent, and I cried like a baby because it was just so. And then Ruth thanked me afterwards, and it was just. It's quite something to say to your kids. Your mum's name was mentioned in comments. Like I'm actually in dispatches. Can you even believe that? How insane is that? Um, and you know I've had a lot of encouragement to become an MP Um, I have a lot of contact with the Home Office and stuff like that Um, I get a lot of abuse for it not gonna lie get a lot of arseholes but I'm also like I work with with whoever yeah exactly and I'm like you work with who you work with do you know what I mean Um, I started singing because I was I was trained to sing up until I was 16 and then he made me give it up because he told me my singing was absolutely atrocious so I stopped doing it so I forced myself, I think twice or three times in the past year, I posted myself singing on my my Instagram to make myself get out of my comfort zone because nothing gets solved by saying in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I refuse to be held back by what happened to me. I want my children to grow up to be good humans and know that they can change the world, whether that's showing somebody a smile when you hold a door for them or whether yeah. it's going and changing the law. The principle is still strong. And I get up every single day to show my kids that if you curl up in a ball, the world will still keep turning. So you just may as well get out there and put your game face on and get the fuck on with it. Yeah. Because you know what? Don't I get me wrong. That. We all take we all take time yeah. where we yeah. sit back and go, okay, deep breath, you know. But you know, somebody will go to me. I remember one of the mums at the school recently went to me, when are you going to stop going on about stuff? I was like, when are you going to fuck off? Yeah. She yeah. doesn't speak to me now. Beautiful. Fantastic that, stuff. Yeah. We've had that yeah. a lot. We have a lot yeah. of get over it. And I'm like, no, we are. We're yeah. Just, yeah. We we're over it. it. We're yeah. over it. Yeah. We're just going to stop it happening. You know, yeah, I'm not, absolutely. you know, we're here um, to speak and yeah. tell our truth. Basically. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Wow. I met the Duchess of Cornwall back in oh. uh, January. Um, and the first thing she said to me was, oh, I saw your work on the television with the Naked Threat campaign. And she just like held my hand for what I felt like was a bit too long. So in my end, this was like her hand <laughs> and my hand was like hanging down. I was just all limp handed, like, oh. Um, and in my head, because I'm really, my, my strokes sort of affect my impulses. In my head, I wanted to just start going, take my strong hand, take my strong hand. And I'm like, don't <laughs> do that, that now please don't do that now um (laughs) and she was so lovely (laughs) yeah and she was like I want to say thank you to you for making light from darkness Mm. and it really stuck with me and I remember being like wow and then I remember somebody saying something to me and I said you know what you're not afraid of fire when you are when you are the fire Mm -hmm. I love that sentence I've heard that before and been like (gasps) yeah I Mm -hmm. 
yeah that, yes yeah yes, yes, I yes. started using it like back last year because I was like Do you know what no I'm not yeah. I'm not afraid of you know so my husband decided to take the very scary step because it's very difficult of a step parent adoption for our, wow. our oldest two kids um that's lovely it was really hard and the second he filed my ex just blew up he made every accusation under the sun then we found out he was a sex offender who was found guilty uh the he pleaded guilty the month before the sex offenders register became a thing and nobody ever told me um fucking hell his daughter who by that point was grown up three christmases ago gave my husband a letter saying look i know there's 10 years between us but we are you are the closest thing to a father figure i've ever had may i take your surname legally which she did, so she's now Saunders too, um, wow. and she's part of our family. Um, she's obviously got her mum, but she's got me too. Um, That's lovely. She's, you know, the kids know that she's their sister, and even my youngest classes her as his sister. He doesn't get that I'm not her mum. He's never really thought about it. The day will come, <laughs> but whatever. Um yeah. And we went jumped through hoops and hoops and hoops. And we had three false start final hearings. One where my ex couldn't get out of his cell. The second one, because he had COVID, didn't kill him. Fuck's sake. Um, <laughs> and a bunch of other stuff. And yeah. um, it got to the last one. And we went until half seven at night. The judge was like, I'm not walking away from this. This is being oh, done. Nice and she, her summing wow. up was over 45 minutes that she'd written. Jesus. And at the end of it, she was like, you have no right to those children because biologically or not, you're not their father. I grant adoption to Benjamin Saunders. And my kids had no idea that the adoption hearing was happening because we'd had so many false starts. I couldn't break them anymore. Yeah, of course. My son was completely broken by finding out that Ben wasn't his dad. We'd never hammered home that Ben was his dad, but we'd never denied it with Henry growing up behind him. And to sit yeah, him course. down and not only go, your dad's not your dad. And then social services go, you need to tell him his dad's in prison because he's a bad person as well. Oh, you fucking know, hell, we had, lot. Yeah, we had a fucking three years of nightmares of crying. Am I a bad oh. person? I don't want to go to oh. prison. I don't, it, was, it was awful. Um, oh, bless you. And they came home. My mother-in-law brought them back. And ben handed them both a piece of paper with thomas harry saunders because thomas's legal name was charles in the middle which was my ex's dad's name yeah well, middle name and darcy victoria saunders and they were just like what and they were like oh. it's our name because the school already allowed them to go by that name and everything yeah and um darcy was like oh my god you changed our names and tom looked at ben and went we're adopted and ben was like yeah oh. and it was just we just all oh, cried like babies if I'm honest um oh that's made me all like emotional yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. I love and that. uh we're still waiting for the final adoption certificate to come through because basically uh, well no the adoption certificates came but so they've now got all their new birth certificates and that but the judge wants to write a letter because you've got a choice of either going and attending a like celebration at the court yeah which is in Nottingham or yeah getting a letter so we're like we'll have a letter and we've decided at the end end we're going to go to pizza hut because that's what the kids want so whatever um during the last couple of weeks of the adoption last couple of months i got a phone call from the uh local authority appointed solicitor for the children so a local authority will appoint a solicitor to represent the children to make sure there's no influence from the parents they they act in the kids best interest totally understandable yeah 
And she found me crying at six o'clock at night. I was like, are you okay? And she was like, I am so sorry. And I was like, okay. And she was like, he's got the Annex A report and he's had it for two weeks. For anybody listening that doesn't know what an Annex A report is, that includes up-to-date photos of me and my family, our address, the school's oh, addresses, shit. my bank details, employer's details, my direct debits, my family members, statements of anybody who has supported us. How has he got Everything. That? Because when her clerk sent out the court, the court bundle that we got as well, we got the Annex A report as well, but obviously we didn't even look at it, didn't even think of anything of it. They sent it to him in prison and he printed it all off. What the fuck? It took them a further eight weeks to get it off him, during which time I had death threats from the brother who's now been deported to Canada after two IPPs. At the time, I didn't know that he was Canadian and the police's recommendation was go and get a dog. What? Oh, yeah. Our local MP was brilliant oh. and he got fiber put in within a couple of weeks so we could run a cctv a wi-fi cctv system um we got a dog not to die for us but to bark um but she's absolutely lovely i adore her she's my friend's ex-therapy dog um and love. she's brilliant love her to pieces she's a she's a working cocker she's an absolute ah. donut she can't go anywhere without something in her mouth she's ridiculous Kim. um yeah that's what i like <laughs> she will she's been marked by amazon as a dangerous dog because yeah. they decided to let themselves into my conservatory. And Whoa. she was like, get the fuck out of my house. Yeah. She didn't go for him, but she did bark really aggressively. I was Made shocked. Oh, and she will do it. If she sees in, people, yeah. There's a lady who rides her bike through our, because we've got two entrances through our farmyard, and she'll ride it through, which is fine. But Eden will always bark at her. Yeah. And yeah. that's good, because that's yeah. what I need. He's protecting. Um, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. But yeah, the, they nobody seemed to understand that I was like, okay, so... My ex is in a prison specifically for sex offenders in Portland, Dorset, Laverne, it's called. It's where they put Gary Glitter. Okay, they've got a five-a-side football pitch and a koi carp pond for comfortable reflection periods. Oh. I assume that's where they think about the children whose lives they've ruined. So it's only yeah. for paedophiles and rapists and serious sexual offenders. Uh, just last year, they had all their PlayStations taken off of them because they were downloading child porn through them. What the, what the fuck, man? You can Google that. Google the Vern Dorset, and that will be the first thing that comes up. For fuck's uh, sake. So, oh. apparently they should live not having to look over their shoulders. But I'm very confused how anybody can expect a prison officer to go and work in that environment all the time. Another part of the Annex A report was that his prison probation officer had basically written quite a damning section saying that he was a nuisance that he was deliberately melodramatic that he was probably likely to serve his entire sentence and all of that so he's put in literally complaint after complaint against her I then found out that he was phoning the police multiple times a week to report me for rape and domestic abuse as he decided that I raped him I sexually abused him and I'm the narcissist that controlled him not gonna lie that almost broke me because I was just yeah. like how dare you yeah four I'm years he's been in prison true. and he yeah. still cannot you know yeah he's still trying um, to ruin your life 
moved across the country we're still locked in battle with the solicitors that disclose that information because I'm like you are going to pay for all of the cameras I've had you're going to pay for the stress you are going to pay this is not okay so I've got the information commissioner's office involved and they are being fantastic they're still investigations ongoing they're doing what they need to do um in the middle of that I now lecture at the Metropolitan Police every five weeks it was supposed to be a one-off they heard me speak and they've asked me to do it every time since I'm actually doing my first facilitating next week, which is I get oh. my own group of officers for two days with Sadiq Khan watching me. No pressure. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was like, can you not sit with someone else? No, I'll sit with you. Brilliant. <laughs> Cheers. Thanks. Um, I've, um, yeah, I've got some absolutely gorgeous crew clothing dresses that crew sent me last week, which was very, very kind of them. Um, they you know I was like oh I don't have a huge follower base on like Instagram and that and they were like actually it's more about the people who genuinely wear our stuff you're always in our dresses because I'm like oh they're dresses you can wear with trainers or you can wear with heels so it works for me I could be a mum in them but I can also look smart yeah and I was like wow and they were like oh by the way we'd like to give a bunch of outfits to your husband and I went he doesn't even have Instagram and they went doesn't matter every single photo you post of him he's in a crew clothing t-shirt and we want to say thank you and I was just like wow that's so um, lovely. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, life goes on. I was made a, a survivor ambassador of refuge last year. Yes. Um, I raised over half a million pounds with Chelsea during the first lockdown. Wow. Um, I've raised all sorts of money all over the place and had big donor donations come in directly off my appeal videos to them. Um, wow. I do a lot of private public speaking now. So to like banking sectors, financiers, things like that, who have got really good employee wellbeing programs, which is really yeah. encouraging. And I've also um, recently delivered talks to Sussex Police. I've got Yorkshire Police next month, I think, and a few other ones as well. My neck of the woods. Um, and it's kind of like, you know what? Nothing's going to make me be quiet anymore. Yes. And in another podcast, I said I was like the whole survivor, I strive thing. I survived what I went through. I've risen above it and I'm going to thrive. And that's what anybody can do. They just remember all you need to do is survive. You will survive. We are all so much stronger than we realize. Whenever you find out somebody's had a bereavement or in my case, they go, oh, my God, how did you survive? You're like, you will. That's the point. Um, And, you know, nothing is impossible because the word itself says I'm possible. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. You you're an absolute inspiration to everyone. Like it's incredible. Like the word I don't know, you doing. should tell some of the tell some of the uh <sighs> the anti feminists on Twitter that I had one oh, guy in the end I just oh kept God. calling him by the wrong name till he blocked me. I was <gasps> like, Oh the trash I was like the trash took itself out. Brilliant. You know what? I actually said that last night on our podcast because it's the same yeah. Yeah, thing yeah, that yeah, yeah. you know, since Nat and myself have, you know, used our voices and told our mm-hmm. stories and mm-hmm. built this platform um for other survivors we've had the same we've had the yeah. same yeah you get, get to in it's, it's we get so... so many people go in you know oh it only happened to one person or why don't you just get over it or yeah. why do you keep talking about it and I'm like because we can yeah. and we will yeah. so you know my like favorite you said, one I... we got a tweet that was like oh um you can't even compliment a woman nowadays about it being raped and I was like no 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 you two very different things but uh <laughs> yeah absolutely sure. I did have one guy though he turned around to me sent me a message after I was on the tv because you'll get guys who'll be like oh yeah oh you're absolutely beautiful or hi Natasha how are you I'm like dude why would I want to speak to you fuck off I'm married seriously yeah. Oh, wait, yeah. and I had this one guy and he was like Natasha I just want to send you my heartfelt like thoughts because you are far too beautiful to have ever gone through <gasps> what you went through 
And I was like, that's a backhanded comment, bro. That's so offensive. Yeah. And he was like, I I don't mean any offence. And he didn't. No. But but I had to correct him. And I was like, no, that's absolutely shocking. And he was like, I'm really sorry. And I was like, I realised you were trying to compliment me, but that's really offended me. Please don't ever say anything like that again. Um, And it's it's just... There are two different things. There's ignorance and then there's not being educated. It once you're educated, yeah. if you've got awareness, if it's lack of awareness, then that's different. And I'll talk to them and I'll explain. If you're ignorant, you're a twat. Take yourself out of <laughs> the way, take yourself back to the twat farm and close the gate behind you because nobody's <laughs> interested. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. some yeah. days the twat gate left, gets left wide open. Do you oh, know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It's like goats. Do, they're yeah. everywhere. They're all over the place. Yeah. And it's just yeah. like I had one guy message me on Insta and he was like, if you want our pin you down and show you what a real cock's like. And I was like, oh, your mother must be so proud. Jesus. Wow. I was like. The thing is as well, we've found on our TikTok, a mm, lot of people who give us shit are Mm -hmm. young boys. Yeah, yeah the out of me. Yeah, I was actually on the phone. Guy, is it a, a duet thing that you do? And it was him like duetting us. But it was such, when I clicked on it, so I was like, he looks about 11 years old. Like, yeah, he was obviously yeah, yeah. trolling us for a. Um, yeah, yeah. We put up about, you know, women want to be safe. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we want to walk down the street. That's okay if you yeah. don't mind. Um, and he was yeah. like, "Just get over it." He was like, "It happened to one woman one time." And I'm like, mm, "It's not though, is it?" But it's it was, not. I didn't no. even reply because I was like, "This, if that was my child, like, I'd be so, I don't." So ashamed. Like, he's 11. Do you know? Old. I was on the phone to West Mercia Police's, well, Herefordshire Police in this area's um, community safeguarding lead today because she goes into my daughter's school and a bunch of other schools and talks about uh sexing all sorts of stuff everything and she was talking to me and she was like maybe we could have a chat at some point because we've got a lot of cadets if you could come in and maybe do a bit of an age appropriate and we were just you know touching base basically and I said to her I said I was walking down the road a few months ago my daughter goes to a proper rural school right it's half the size of the school she would have gone to in Nottingham which was a village school yeah and these boys walking down the road joking about rape oh jesus and i was just like boys what are you doing you know and they were like um (laughs) you know and i i remember when all of her friends started following me on instagram and i started thinking shit is the content i'm putting out appropriate and then i remember somebody else going to me i've been an officer actually at the met was like are their parents making sure that all the other content they're seeing is appropriate? Yeah. Learning about, she was like learning about, yeah, she was like learning about consent Mm. from your, it's like I sang um, Love the Way You Lie by Eminem a couple of months ago, but I changed the words. But people weren't expecting me to change the words and then I rapped, which was awful, but I rapped it and I rapped it with different words and at the end people were like, oh, Mm. fuck. And I was like, yeah. I was like, don't get me wrong, I'm a huge fan of Eminem. In fact, Eminem saved my life, which people go, Eminem hates women. And I'm like, I rapped his music when I was being pinned down and raped Mm. because the speed that I had to focus on that rap in my head kept me alive. Yeah. Wow. It helped me shut down. Yeah. And people don't, I remember being asked not to say that once. Um, Why? Yeah, by a press team. They were like, don't don't mention that you like Eminem and I was That's like your truth. 
I was like, I do. I'm a huge Eminem fan. He's made some shitty choices in his life, don't get me wrong. But his music saved my life. All the kids at my daughter's school think it's hilarious because I'll still pull up with Eminem blaring now. And they're all like, mum's so cool. And I'm like, eh, whatever, you know. But I'll be listening to Eminem when I'm like 74 because some of those songs have huge, huge meaning to me. Yeah. Probably my favourite song in the whole world is Walk on Water because for me it's really hard to do a balancing act where people think the sun shines out of your ass and not slip up in a world where people are watching you I'm not a celebrity or anything like that but there are people who are quite vulnerable who look to me and I can't let them down yeah I can't let them down I remember getting a phone call from my police officer and he sounds like he smokes 120 fags a day which he does (laughs) I mean Natasha down the phone I know it's him I literally go Stuart he's like an uncle I didn't want we've been together like eight years <laughs> you know it's more about me I speak more to him more often than my dad and um, I, love I remember him saying to me oh I've had a, a, a complaint from the prison I thought I'd relay to you and I was like what's that and he was like he's seen you on the television and he doesn't like it and I was like okay. are you telling me to stop he went oh fuck no no nah. no carry on and I must admit every time I'm on the tv every time I'm on the news every time I'm in the newspaper I know I'm in the prison and I know people will see me and I know if he doesn't see me other people will and I'm like yeah you fucking see my face because I'm going to make sure every single woman knows who and what you are when you get out you may as well have stayed in because you are scum and now I know that you're a pedo as well so trust me dude you will never ever escape this and he shouldn't he ruined you know a woman came forward at the trial that he had lived with for three years not told that he had a wife and child at home (gasps) and when she found out and drove off he punched her window through and tried to strangle her okay now for my trial there were no charges pressed okay they decided that they didn't really know what went on for my trial they knocked on her door after 15 years and said, hey, will you come give evidence for this random woman in a rape trial? And she was like, yes, I will, yeah. Wow. Thank God she And that, And amazing, you know though. what? After my third or fourth media engagement, she got in touch with me and we're now friends. I love that. And I say to her all the time, she is such a huge champion of me. And Aww. she's always like, you're amazing, you're this, you're that. And I'm like, yeah, but without your help, yeah. I wouldn't be here because yeah. I don't know what would have happened if he got off there shouldn't be a guilt yeah in seeing your rapist go to prison but there is because there are so many women that I meet that go they didn't take action the CPS yeah. I spoke at an event in Liverpool a few weeks ago and there was a whole table of CPS there and they definitely didn't like what I had to say yeah and I was like charging decisions is you know it always gets put on the police but it's not always the police they send it off to the CPS and then what, what are they supposed to do when the CPS say no I think yeah. my file went back and forth to the CPS like four times over three years to just wow. build it and build it and build it and build it and I'm like if it wasn't for the tenacity of my officer who had a full breakdown mm-hmm. and was off for nine ten months during um my investigation Jeez. it wouldn't have got to where it is now wow that's terrifying mm-hmm Yep. oh my god but oh I could god. feel like another six hours with the shit that we went through but I digress <laughs> but honestly like we've, we've listened to your story and it's it's mind-blowing and you are incredible and there needs to be a freaking Netflix documentary about this because <laughs> it's insane and incredible and a lot of women need to hear yeah. the incredible work I mean I've said incredible 12 times the incredible work you're now doing and 
even just little snippets of like sentences you've said I'm like oh I'm gonna clip that and that's gonna be used because that's just brilliant and gold (laughs) it's just amazing like you are amazing so thank you so so much for coming on our little no podcast thank you for no all worries your work at all. as well yes so keep no keep worries at all as survivors thank you like yeah. for what you're doing and if there's anything that we can help with or i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. vice versa now, exactly so. the same yeah. yeah if you need anything drop me a message it's it's been lovely to talk to you talk yeah, at you. you not really talk no. to you more talk at you no, you're you're honestly Yeah, you're incredible. Like yeah. just well, keep doing you know, what you're doing. Just you're amazing. Anything that I can do, just you know exactly where yeah. I am. Yes. Um and same. And if I can't help, I will know somebody who can. <laughs> Love me, that. You know. Yeah. Honestly, no worries, ladies. Have a nice day, won't you? Take incredible. care. Thank you, Thank you so, so much. Darling. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Woo! That was uh hard yeah I don't think I've ever been so quiet in one of our episodes um it, it was the the bit when she said about when she'd just given birth oh my god both of our faces obviously this isn't a visual podcast but we literally were like just dead silent both had our mouths wide open and I was like say something say something uh, yeah say something I mean like, the silence wow. speaks volumes anyway um yeah just because that was a pure reaction because like I said, I knew a little bit about her story. She obviously um, has yeah. information about herself and why she does what she does. But like that was the that was down to the bone details. And it's like the the law that she had changed. I love that. I quote about that like regularly in mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. Like I when literally when you told me that it was her, I was like, oh, maybe like she helped. Like I don't know. You know, when you like, downplay it in your head, and then when she started talking about it, I was like, oh my god, you yeah, you're responsible for that huge huge win yeah and we because we we talked about that in other podcasts because I said I've been threatened by my ex he sent me a picture of myself via email and was like if you don't if you don't unblock me I'm gonna send this to everyone and she's the reason why all it's she's absolutely incredible human and how supportive is she that she's now happy to help us and educate us more like she's everything that we all like we all stand for Bless her. Ah, love that it. That was a really good yeah. episode. Well done, Natasha. Incredible. You're a queen. We love you. Natasha for Prime Minister. Yes, please. Yeah. I'm there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so before we go with this podcast, we're going to do something we haven't done in a couple of weeks. Yeah. But uh, I believe Farah has a win of the week. Whoop, 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 whoop. I do have a win of the week, but it kind of involves us both, to be fair. Oh, um, okay. But I just want to give a shout out to the. I can't even believe I'm saying this because, like, what an incredible oh, man <laughs> but um the ceo of acast which is obviously the platform that we use yeah. for our podcast um incredible yeah. incredible platform he has been so amazing he sent us the nicest email about what we're yeah. doing um and he's happily said you know he's happy to help with anything and he's also put us our podcast tape at the beat um, he sent yeah. it out in an email to some of his contacts, and he also put us yeah. on his um, on his newsletter, like a newsletter that goes out on Acast website. And we were like second We're number down as two. Well. <laughs> I was like, oh, look at look at the little lions. Oh. But th- that just yeah. shows, you know, what an incredible man supporting it. Um, and like yeah. I said, I won't tell tell everyone what he said because you know it, that was very nice for Nat and myself to see but he was very supportive of it all and he's very much yeah. behind us and so we just want to say thank you you're an yeah. absolute dream um 
so yeah, it just meant it, it meant the world to us. It really did. So thank yeah. you. Acast are amazing. If anyone out there is thinking of starting up a podcast, Acast make it so easy yeah. to do. It's honestly like we've we'd never even considered a podcast before we started this up and we had no scooby-doo no and it's so simple so easy A-cast. yeah and yeah just a massive ross uh, Acast, you are a dream yeah and we adore you greatly thanks yeah. thank you <laughs> um we'll see you next week guys love you okay love you now bye bye bye, bye. We do apologise if anyone was triggered by any of the dialogue we used today. We are still learning and we are only just beginning to talk about our own experiences. We're aware that trigger warnings are completely different for everybody, so please bear with us. We love you all. We also want to hear your experiences. If there's anything you'd like to share with us, any stories, anything you are happy to discuss on this podcast, you can stay anonymous if you would like. Please send us an email at takebackthebeattour at gmail.com. That's takebackthebeattour at gmail.com. You can also find us on social media at Take Back the Beat. Thanks, guys. We love you all.